Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I'm thinking about changing my name to Puddinhead. You know why? <laughs> no. Because I ate so To be much more pudding. folksy? Because I ate so much pudding. Because here's the thing. Yeah. I made some pudding. Right. Okay. It was nanner pudding. And I happened to have some wafers. I happened to have some nanners. It's the way to eat it. I saw the banana pudding at the... Uh, I didn't... Look, I didn't make this banana pudding from scratch. I made it from a box of banana pudding. But I had nanners and I had wafers and I had uh, caramel sauce and I had butterscotch chips. Were they a little brown? The nanners, were they a little brown? Yeah, they were They were over the hill. Sure. And so I said to myself, I'm going to make I'm going to make a classic nanner pudding. Right. Oh, and I had some whipping cream, so I whipped up the whipping cream. Now, did you ever think about calling it banana pudding and not nanner pudding? Just a suggestion. Jordan, could- so the reason uh, thank you for helping with I can clarify that. So the reason that yeah. you would that you call it nanner pudding mm-hmm. is because uh you put a bunch of nanners in there. You slice right. them up and you drop them into that pud. Okay. All right. I'll hey, I'll listen. You do your thing. Okay, thank you. So I, I whipped the whipping cream. I put that on top. I put some I put some of those butterscotch chips that I happened to have in there. I put some caramel on top, put those wafers in there. I had some very nice gluten-free wafers made by uh, KT in the Max Fun office. She made them for my wife for uh, her birthday. My wife can't eat wheat. What a lovely gift. It was a very thought. KT is a very thoughtful woman. Yeah. And uh, there were some that were at this point, my wife's birthday was about a week ago. So I was like, this is the time to put them in a nanner pudding rather than eat them straight. You know what I mean? But they had many of them had been eaten. I want I want to be clear. They were wonderful. Um, and so I, I made up a nice nanner pudding. And uh, my youngest, Frankie, said, uh, why would I not make it with chocolate? It's disgusting. Mm. Man, you got dragged, my friends. I did. You got I feel, dragged. I, the, the Next reading, time I see Frankie, I'm going to say- The reading that Frankie gave me. Yeah. And I'm going to give Frankie a retroactively go off, King. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You know, Jesse, get the kid in here. Let me say go off, King. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, go, I'll, I'll go wake him up. Yes, drag your father. <laughs> <laughs> We all dream to someday drag our fathers, huh? Yes. <laughs> to drag our fathers. To, and, and cancel our mothers. <laughs> give our mothers a go-off queen. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, Gail, you're canceled. <laughs> yeah. There was, that's Jordan's mom. No, she's a lovely woman. She'll never be canceled. She really is. She's a now, now retired uh, lactation nurse. Is that correct? Is she now retired? Yes, now retired. Yeah. Congratulations, Gail. Uh, I hope you enjoy your retirement with Brad. Um, so uh, I, I, I ate my pudding mm-hmm. with my whipped cream on top, you know? Yeah. Now, the exaggerated WH sound you do. That's pure Stewie from fan- Family Guy fandom. Is that what that is? Is that a tribute to your favorite character, Stewie? From Family I mean, Guy? talk about a king going off. Stewie. I know, right? <laughs> this guy's wild. He's got he a football is. for a head. Sure. That's the guy with a football for a head, right? That is, yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember if that was Stewie from Family Guy or like one of the the very weird Ambersons or what, what are those called? 
the Magnificent Ambersons. Uh, no, that's the, well, that's Orson Welles' uh, famously uh, tinkered yeah. with movie that the studio got a hold of? No, it's the one, uh, the very weird something or other. You know, I can see why you would confuse the Magnificent Ambersons and Family Guy, because they both yeah. do all those cutaways Yeah, exactly. that are like kind of random. <laughs> There's a lot of really intense low angles. Right, yeah. Heavily sound designed because of a background in radio. And the Magnificent Ambersons, you know, they're talking about like, oh, you know, like the automobile is coming, and then they like... You know, just do a scene from like the '80s Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> it's with all their their characters. Um, I uh, I ate all my pudding, Jordan. Yeah, I served myself a healthy dad sized serving of pudding, right? With a mighty dollop of cream atop. Okay, mm-hmm. a mighty dollop atop. I ate it as a shop vac might eat a bowl of pudding. <laughs> like you just put your mouth around the bowl like a lamprey yeah. you opened your mouth <laughs> exactly and just tilted many, your head back and let it all fall down your throat that's the way to do it many have compared me to a lamprey in the past but never so aptly mm-hmm. and then i uh paint with my words go on <laughs> here's this little uh here's this other bowl of pud and i mean sure is it pudding you should say pudding go ahead is it disgusting well it's doesn't have any chocolate in it yeah so yeah of course it's disgusting sure i went ahead and took care of that bowl of pud too nice so by weight you know how they say our bodies are 96 percent water they say that i don't believe it but go ahead (laughs) they say a lot of things well you're only using three percent of your brain jordan so you wouldn't know sure uh, my body is 74% banana pudding right now. How do you think that'll affect your performance on today's podcast? I mean, it's already, it's already sort of hurt that performance pretty badly. <laughs> I think it's I going just, great. I think this is... I've been talking about this pudding now, Jordan, for eight minutes. We're eight minutes into the show. We have not touched on a topic other than this pudding that I ate too much of, yeah. unless you count lampreys. <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> right. They're a myth. <laughs> <laughs> wow, classic lamprey erasure. Sorry, I'm a lamprey truther. <laughs> See, this podcast is going great, Jesse. This is the one we should submit for the iHeart Podcast Awards. I hope we beat the office ladies this year. I just want to beat the office ladies for the iHeart Podcast Awards. Angela Kinsey, my greatest enemy. Yeah. I'll show you who can recap the office. (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know what that means. Uh, Yeah, anyway, uh, let's get to our episode of The Office. Um, Michael <laughs> Scott did something that made everyone else uncomfortable. We sure did. <laughs> uh, yeah. now let's, uh, let's talk Kevin moments. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Oh God. I've seen, I've watched that show. I should have more polls about that. Kevin spilled the chili. Everybody likes it when Kevin spilled the chili. Anyway. <laughs> everyone likes The Office because it's such a great show. Um... <laughs> Should uh, I have a uh, a question that's just that's just nagging me? That's just well, nagging me to death. And I, Jordan, and let's I think our guest can help. Okay, great. I was about to say, let's open this up. Let's open this up to our guest because nobody, Jordan, can answer a question like a guest. That's just reality. It's what they do. 
Our guest is an acclaimed novelist, a celebrated podcaster on the podcast Our Opinions Are Correct, a winner of the Hugo, the Nebula, the Lambda Literary, and the Emperor Norton Awards. The Emperor Norton, do you know who Emperor Norton is, Jordan? This is the guy who believed himself to be the emperor of San Francisco in the late 19th and early 20th century. No, I've never uh, heard of this man. Yeah, he's a celebrated uh, figure in San Francisco history. Uh, her latest book is called Victories Greater Than Death, in stores recently from Torteen. Please welcome Charlie Jane Anders. Hi, Charlie Jane. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's such a thrill. How would you, relative, to what extent would you say you are lamprey-like? I'm at like 90%. <laughs> I am. So it's funny you mentioned that because like my partner, Annalie, who also does our opinions are correct with me. Mm-hmm. Annalie may, has been making this incredible banana bread, which by the way, the last time they made it had chocolate chips and cocoa powder in it. So it was actually a chocolate banana, chocolate chip banana bread. Just to, just uh, yeah. to up the chocolate quotient. I think, you know, certain individuals would be very interested to hear that. And, uh, I basically just like ate half of it in like about 30, 30 seconds. It was just like, whoop, it just disappeared. That doesn't sound disgusting at all. It was the opposite <laughs> of disgusting. It was like, it was delightful. And I just like, it just <laughs> vanished into like my maw. Like I didn't have a mouth anymore. I had a maw. Jesse, I think you're putting, I think you're putting sounded good. It sounds I great. I, I'm here for banana pudding. I am here for it. I'm on record as thinking that banana bread is a garbage food what because it's literally oh made with garbage it's no and i think if you're if you have overripe bananas you should put them in your freezer and use them for a smoothie sometime you but just, you just made a pudding out of them jesse this is a this is a classic classic double standard smoothies oh my god you're defending but. smoothies Everybody knows but, that smoothies are like the devil's sludge. Let me the devil's slurry. Let me say this: smoothies are the devil's sludge. The devil the devil lives at Jamba Juice, Jesse. Pretty much, it is a portal to hell. Every Jamba Juice that is where demons come from. I want to say this: I think I shared this opinion on uh, Judge Sean Hodgman or something some years ago. And needless to say, there's a lot of real banana bread nuts out there. And I, first of all, I'm not trying to take your garbage food away from you. Well, thank you. As an American, I feel yeah. like I'm entitled to eat whatever garbage I want. Thank you. <laughs> I wouldn't call them nuts either, Jesse. I don't. <laughs> Do as you please with your dessert that, while extraordinarily high in calories, as, as high in calories as many desserts that taste good, uh, is uh, is nonetheless treated as though it is an acceptable thing to eat for like breakfast. But I will say this: you put some chocolate chips in there, and I'm on board. <laughs> I don't know why that. Okay. Okay. Peace. We have found peace. Uh, peace in our time. <laughs> A peace has been formed between us. We have found common ground. My passion for chocolate chips is unsurpassed in any other. Ca- I love chocolate chips more than my wife. I'm not supposed to eat chocolate, but I don't care. You put some chocolate chips in that. It's like muffins. <laughs> muffins are the same deal. Muffins are like really bad for you. 
and they're not as good as eating cake or pie. You know what I mean? So I'm, but sure. you put some fucking chocolate sure. chips in a muffin. Yeah. Fuck it. I'll eat that. <laughs> sure. Give me a, one of those giant Costco ones. Oh yeah. If Ang had had chocolate chips, the fire nation and the earth nation and everybody would have been at peace in like episode two yeah. of that show. I swear to God. <laughs> this is an avatar. Just the last airbender situation. Chips. Jordan. Yes. Yes. I, I think I knew that guy. Okay. The last chocolate bender. If he'd been the last chocolate bender, there would have been no problem. Oh, boy. My uh, my nine-year-old daughter <laughs> loves the M. Night Shyamalan movie, The Last Airbender. Nothing but contempt for the anime uh, Avatar, The Last <laughs> Airbender. <laughs> Kids are weird. <laughs> the, the despised movie, the broadly despised movie, uh, she is all in on the... Uh, Almost universally beloved legendary anime just thinks it's garbage. Just cannot stand it. No idea why. I don't understand. I don't. Neither of them are for me. I'll be clear. Uh, Charlie Jane, I was listening to uh, your great podcast. Speaking of, um, thank you. Speaking of uh, matters of matters of nerd shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Finally, we're getting to this on our show, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, I thought it'd be time, a nice time to take a little detour from recapping the office mm-hmm. to talk about some nerd shit. Uh, I wanted to ask a little bit about your discussion on kaiju that you had, um, uh, and if you were because it was a very in-depth discussion i found it fascinating i learned a lot about kaiju mm-hmm. and yeah i wanted to know if you had any thoughts on the upcoming godzilla v kong kaiju that i think will be out as of this podcast but is not out currently do you have any thoughts leading up to this movie I mean, I hope that they finally find love. I hope that they finally yeah. admit their love for each other and that, you know, they're finally able to just like, you know, share something beautiful and and real and moving that can, you know, unite the two worlds of Kaiji once and for all. I feel like that's what we're all, what we're all hoping for, really. I mean, you know. Charlie Jane, I have a question. Uh, King Godzilla's kiss? I mean, they don't, do they have lips? I don't think they really have so- lips. I mean, I feel like Ghidorah can make out with himself because he's got three right. heads. Sure. So Ghidorah, yeah. Ghidorah doesn't need anybody <laughs> else. Town, he can just Ghidorah. like have like yeah. a three-way makeout session. And Excuse I think... me, I have a search on deviant art to do. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be back in 15 I'm just to saying, 20 minutes. You know, King Ghidorah, the reason why he's the king is because, you know, he doesn't need anybody else to get his... Uh, to get his get French his on. on, basically. <laughs> yeah, 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 the yeah, king exactly. Frenches himself. <laughs> You know, I mean, the real thing is, do you want to fall in love with someone who has a breath weapon? Mm, yeah. Like, seriously, breath weapon. When sure. you hear about breath weapon, do, do, do you, do, does breath weapon go with love in, in your mind? Do, do those two things go together? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously, you know, like, you know, it's different in your 20s. But when you get a little older, you want to ask a couple key questions on that first date. Mm-hmm. You know, one, do you want kids? Right. And two, do you utilize a breath weapon? Yeah. You know, if, if if you breathe on me, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You know, if, you know, what's your morning breath like? Sure. What's your afternoon breath like? You know, yeah. just different times of day. And I don't know whether you're going to melt yeah. if you're close to this person. Are there any foods I should avoid feeding you, such as tacos? Yeah. That's key to the story of the book, Dragons Love Tacos, Jordan. No, oh, yeah. I don't think I've... I don't think I've had a kaiju story. My memory of this story is that when they eat the tacos, they breathe fire. 
Okay. That makes total sense, actually. That makes yeah. absolute sense. That does make sense. No, no, no need to investigate that further. I will take yeah, it as that's fact. Actually, uh, that's actually <laughs> canon. Um, I don't know if you guys have read the upcoming George R. R. Martin book, but uh, that's in there. There's tacos. I mean, you know, I think Westeros could really use some better food. Like, he describes food for, like, hundreds of pages, and it's all this, like— Boring medieval times food. It's like capons. Yeah, Who the hell eat capons? Yeah. Nobody eats capons. Let those roosters have their balls. <laughs> <laughs> is that what a capon is? I think it is. Something like that. I yeah, I don't even know. I mean, it's just a, you know, it's like capon and carry, keep calm and capon. I yes, don't know. Yes, that was terrible. Think, yeah, that was a terrible joke. Yeah. That was terrible, terrible, terrible. That's their motto in Westeros. <laughs> Everybody's apartment in their mid twenties had that had that poster. Keep calm and keep on. <laughs> oh God, I'm so sorry, but you know, I just I feel like no that's... people in Westeros like if they could just get a yeah. freaking pizza, yeah. just like one pizza, right? Maybe they wouldn't be so murderous if they just had access to cheesy tots. Their idea of a fun time is like a pie full of live birds, which are poisoned, but also live birds. <laughs> You know what King I think could unite the kingdoms? Little Caesar. Mm. Little Caesar for sure. Yeah, pizza pizza, you know? I mean hot and ready. Just bring pepperoni to the north. <laughs> sure. They'd be so in. You know, I have friends for whom Little Caesar is like the ultimate sex symbol. Like they will not stop with like the like pizza pizza is like the the words of like sexiness and and basically foreplay. Oh, hold Charlie Jane, hold on. I have a DeviantArt search to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is interesting because I, I think, I mean, maybe I read a, maybe an expanded version of The Winds of Winter, but uh, I do think there is precedent for Little Caesars being in um, Westeros because there is that scene where the Mad King invents crazy bread. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. Oh, yeah. Thank you. No problem. That's, that's why he's the Mad King. <laughs> hold on, Jordan. <laughs> what is it about? I'm going to write that down is... and send it to the president. <laughs> <laughs> hey joe got another one for you <laughs> hey it's me jesse i'm back again with a f- another funny thing my friend jordan said <laughs> um charlie J, can i back up to little caesars being a sex symbol what is it well, about little caesars that your that your friends find sexy get uh, he's got the in? little outfit you know yeah. he's got the little outfit he's got the little like laurel leaves he's so he's carrying pizzas on a spear right yeah. you know which is a yeah baller way to carry pizzas and also kind of sexual if you think about it i mean come on it is and i now will if you like get that image in your head and it's like it's kind of it's kind of dirty and like you know they just this became a meme among this friend group i was in um and it just you know it kind of went out of control the whole little caesar's you know sexy time meme i don't know like ever to each their own really i mean god <laughs> yeah you know call me crazy i've always thought the 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 sexiest restaurant mascot was the chili from chili's sure oh what yeah. about burger king come on burger king is fucking hot am i allowed no, to say you're right. the f bomb yeah. Burger no, King, you can say man. the F-bomb if it's in relation got... to, yeah. <laughs> to the Burger, to Burger King. King. I mean, you know. <laughs> so Burger King gave us the what I think was the kinkiest thing ever to appear on the internet, which was the subservient chicken. Do you do you remember the subservient chicken? No, please do tell. It was an internet phenomenon. Back when the internet was fun, which I'm like dating myself because I feel like, you know, that was a thousand years ago at this point. But back when the internet was fun, there was this thing that Burger King put up that was like 
the subservient chicken and it was a guy in a chicken costume and they had i guess filmed him doing every possible thing you could do and you could just type orders and the subservient chicken would do whatever you told it and no you couldn't tell it to do anything like really filthy or weird it would just like get come back come come back with like a weird snarky response if you tried to actually get it to like you know do something really bizarre but (laughs) but the subservient chicken was basically like the internet's servant it was wow. like a, the entire internet had like a BDSM relationship with a guy in a chicken costume, thanks to Burger King. And like, I'm surprised more people don't remember this. It is interesting because, right, even though the chicken wasn't programmed to do anything sexually explicit, like it, it, it leads the imagination down a certain hallway. If someone said, this chicken will do whatever you say, um, you know, the human mind goes there. We're sexual animals. There's got to be a community out there. There's like a fetish community for people who like fixated on the, the subservient chicken and that's now their their thing this is gonna get us chicken costume all of our menchies sorry <laughs> for two weeks after this we are gonna be deluged with sexy fast food mascot fan art this is what you get for having me can i say jordan r.i.p our menchies r.i.p our munchies r.i.p yes exactly <laughs> I actually, uh, I had a situation happen to me just like an hour and a half ago. I was wait, I was in my daughter's room, you know, like lights out, waiting for her to fall asleep. Just a totally like normal situation, just hanging out, sitting on a stool in a room, looking at my phone, waiting for my kid to fall asleep. And uh, I was looking at Twitter and I had... A, a, a few weeks ago in spring training, uh, the baseball player Ichiro Suzuki, Ichiro, uh, who's 45 or 6, something like that, uh, took live batting practice in spring training. He's a coach now, you know, roving instructor, whatever. But he went in and, and in his street clothes and took some swings and uh, basically looked exactly like he did for the 20 years that he was in Major League Baseball. And I had searched for Ichiro because I wanted to see and share this amazing clip of this 7,000-year-old man looking like a real professional baseball player. And Ichiro's an amazing, insane person. And so I thought to myself, I saw it in my... I I hit search to look for something else. I saw Ichiro in the pull-down of past searches. And I said... You know what I'd like to do right now? Just watch some old videos of Ichiro doing something fun. You know, I bet if I tap on Ichiro right now, uh, I will get something super, super fun. So I tapped on Ichiro, and I got a picture of. I mean, what what I'm gonna do is I, uh, Charlie Jane. I don't have your uh, phone number, but uh, I probably need Jordan's help to describe the photograph that appeared um Uh-oh. i'm i'm using photograph pretty loosely um uh, but i'm jordan i'm going to text this uh, i'm going to text this over to you okay i'll get my phone by the way I... oh my okay <laughs> uh so uh-oh this is a um and this was the top result this was not in latest this was in top. This is just most clicked upon. Yeah, number two is the time Ichiro hit an inside the park home run in the All-Star game. That's exactly what I want to look at. 
When I search for Ichiro on Twitter, I just want to see a clip of him hitting an inside-the-park home run during the All-Star game. The only time anyone ever did that. So great. It's a delight. It was a joy. Love to see that. The top result, though, Jordan, how would you characterize this? So the caption says, so there's some uh, some text in French. Yeah. And then the caption, Zed when try with Ichiro. Yeah. She is not disappointed. Blue heart. And then there are two characters that look like um, kind of D-listers from the Sonic the Hedgehog universe. You know how like Sonic the Hedgehog games have been coming out since we were kids and we haven't played any of them and now they've amassed this giant cast of uh, animal people? They look like those. Yeah, they they are rendered, Jordan, I want to make this clear, they're rendered in a style that I can only describe as lowest budget children's television. Sure, <laughs> yes. Like a show that's imported from Holland. <laughs> right. And they are in a actually a really beautiful um, living room. The decor I would describe as mid-century modern. You know, a little gauche. I mean, everybody's yeah. doing it, I guess. But it's it's they have some lovely pieces in here. Are, are, nice. are there napkins couch. on the sides of the couch? Does it have like little couch napkins? Because that's like to me is like uh, I don't yeah. okay. see. It is it is kind of cut off at their at one of their yeah. knees. Because it looks like Jordan. I want to clarify for Charlie Jane. It looks like there's no there's no napkins or doilies on the sofa. I would characterize, and this is going to get to what Jordan's about to talk about. They could probably use some, <laughs> right? Because they are engaged in a um, uh, a sex act. Um, Zedwin, I imagine, he's purple. He has a giant purple penis, and um, um, Ichiro uh, is is is. Jordan, I want to be clear, but I want let's I want to talk for a moment about this penis. Right. Now remember, one of these is yellow, one of them is purple. Right. The yellow one looks maybe like a like a horse person, but round faced. Yeah, they are just kind of general animal people. I don't know that they're based on any animals in particular. Um, they have pretty human bods. But I'm not Jungle Jack Hanna over here. So I'm gonna... <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I should clarify, I am Jungle Jack Hanna. Oh, cool. I murdered Jesse, and I live in his stead. Cool. The dong on this blue guy <laughs> is about... I mean, this is obviously there's a virtual world. It's got this beautiful view of these beautiful trees. Right. The dong on this blue guy is gotta be. It's a about one Pringles can. I think that's fair. Like the grocery store kind. And she, she's a top. She's a top it. Like she was engaging in flagpole sitting. Sure. The, the 1920s fraternity prank, but it's also a yeah. hell of a sex position. <laughs> yeah, she's, yeah. Uh, for all I know, she's wearing a raccoon coat. She's headed to the dance-a-thon. Right, so yeah, so I guess this is, so I guess uh, this baseball player name is also what I imagine to be a series of kind of pornographic animal cartoons. Like furry so porn. Cool. Yeah, I mean... I would character furry yeah, porn. Yeah, I think you know, so. I think that is it, it. Does seem to be that genre. But is furry porn? Is there a type of furry porn? And I don't know if either of you guys know this. Is there a type of furry porn where the animals are 
are indistinct? Like, is that a thing? Like, I feel like I know I've, I've seen and talked to furries who, who play as a certain kind of animal. Like I'm a uh-huh. cat, right? I'm a wolf, whatever. But that's picking an animal seems like an important part of it. And these are perhaps the most indistinct creatures I've ever seen in my life. So yeah. you're saying that the, the lack of taxonomy <laughs> is, is really what's what's kind of a problem here. <laughs> well, what I'm wondering is, is there a type of furry who's like, I'd like to look at some pornography that sort of seems like Sonic if Sonic had a human body and was less clearly a hedgehog? <sighs> And Sonic is not clearly a hedgehog. Sonic doesn't look anything like a fucking hedgehog. But these look less like whatever they're supposed to look like than anything else. But what's nice about it is, to me, big picture window and some magnificent redwoods outside. Well, that's that's awesome. It is. That's a great backdrop. Yeah. The care with which their environment was designed is really amazing. It's almost like more care was taken designing the environment than was taken designing the characters. Do you think Zedwin ever try with any other Japanese baseball players? You think think Zedwin try with Shinjo? Well, if he does, she is not disappointed. (laughs) Blue heart. Okay, let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. You know, Jordan, every episode of Jordan Jesse Go is brought to our listeners by our listeners, the members of Maximum Fun, the folks who've gone to maximumfund.org slash join. Max Fun drives right around the corner. And Jordan, you know what I'm doing right now? What? I am I'm saluting the listener member of maximumfun.org. It's true. Every single one of them. I'm He's doing, doing the salute. It. I can see it can, on the Zoom. It's true. They can hear it in my voice. This week's show. Also brought to you by our friends at Libby. Libby, of course, is an app for your uh, your phone, your tablets, your computer, uh, your Kindle. And Jordan, you've got this on your phone right now. You went to go grab your phone so you could so you could uh, give us a little guide. Yeah, Libby. Here's here's what it is. It is a free reading app created by OverDrive that lets you borrow eBooks and audiobooks from your library. It's it's totally free. I got it. I've been loving my Libby app. Uh, here's what I've been listening to on the Libby. Uh, I did uh, True Grit, the classic Western. I've always been oh, in, yeah. uh, I've always meant to read that, and I've been listening to the great audiobook. And uh, our buddy Josh Gondelman's book uh, oh, yeah. was available at my local library. Uh, Josh Gondelman, hilarious guy. His book, Nice Try, uh, I got from my local library. Obviously, I think your Libby selection will depend on what's available at your local library, but if they have it, uh, you can Libby it. Yeah, if you're in Maine, it's all book, it's all boat building. That's like the <laughs> only thing they have. It's all boat building. It's like okay, well, fair enough. You know, everybody wants to build a boat. We know, uh, we're pretty sure that if you're listening to this show, you have a library card. But even if you don't, uh, you can read samples of any book you see. Uh, works just like the physical library. You borrow available books you want to read, and then uh, they return themselves automatically after your loan expires. Uh, really fun, uh, really convenient. I couldn't recommend it more. It's a, it's a total blast and a real fun use of your library card. Uh, download Libby in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store to start borrowing and sampling ebooks and audiobooks today. 
We're also brought to you this week by our good friends at Ruby Coffee Roasters of Nelsonville, Wisconsin. Population, Jordan, 191. That's less than 200, Jordan, nine less. <laughs> uh, Ruby Coffee, they've got the goal of making amazing quality coffee approachable to all. This is the deal. So like a couple of years ago, I was looking for a gift for my wife for Christmas and um I read an article in like Esquire or something like that that said, this is the greatest coffee roaster in America. It's in Nelsonville, Wisconsin. I said, my wife is a coffee fiend. I'm going to order her this special coffee because she's very, very serious about coffee. And uh, I did. And not only was the coffee hit with my wife, but it came with a note that said, hey, uh, I saw your order on the table and uh, I'm a big Max Funster. Uh, and I'm a Jordan Jesse Go listener. I was like, holy cow, this is amazing. So I wrote to this guy, his name's Jesse, um, just like me. And he's like, yeah, it's true. And I said, let's trade some spots on Max Fun for coffee for our hosts and for our office. Uh, back when our office was a going concern. And actually, so many Max Funsters ordered the coffee that this company that literally did not have a marketing budget created a marketing budget to buy some more spots on Max Fun because people and people loved it like every single person I have gotten zero negative feedback about uh Ruby Coffee it's all just like yes this coffee is amazing Linda Holmes emailed me about it Linda Holmes that's a celebrity that that moves the needle in the Max Fun audience it's really great. I'll even uh, shout out their instant coffee. I know uh, instant coffee is is kind of a dirty word uh, uh, when you're saying it to a, a coffee person, but um, I've tried it. It's awesome. Really good. Yeah. You can do it hot. You can do it ice. Super easy. Uh, yeah, I I recommend it. I like uh, Ruby a lot, and uh, we think you'll like it a lot, too. Here's what you do. You go to rubycoffeeroasters.com and use JJGo. And you get 20% off your first shipment of any subscription or 15% off a one-time purchase. Yeah, well, let's get back to the show. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, the Mothra of podcasting. <laughs> Jordan Morris, uh, Smog Monster. We're choosing Kaiju. And Charlie Jane, we should have told you that you're supposed to introduce yourself, but what Kaiju would nickname would you like to choose? Oh, man. I'm Charlie Jane Anders, and I'm just going to stick to King Ghidorah because I love King Ghidorah, and it's my partner's favorite Kaiju, and I, I just love King Ghidorah. So I'm going to say I'm the King Ghidorah of podcasting because I multitask. Yeah. You know what? I honestly, I feel like uh, the Ghidorah monarchy is bullshit. Mm. Um, I think we need a Ghidorah How democracy, can you say that? A, a real Ghidorah <sighs> democracy, not a bullshit, you know, head of state, uh, prime minister situation. I think we need a fully elected Ghidorah government. So you're not up for a constitutional kaiju monarchy or anything like that we should be able to choose the people should be able to choose their own three-headed leaders <laughs> you know as long as it's like in the constitution that the leaders have to have three heads i mean you know okay then that 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 seems like a workable compromise yeah. like you know it's all about compromises which is how we ended up with the glorious political system we have in our country where we just like 
there were some people who had reasonable demands and some people who had completely unreasonable demands. And we just sort of split the difference. And so, you know, as long as the leaders have three heads and a breath weapon yep. mm-hmm. and, you know, are huge, basically like giant, like I think, that, yeah, sure. We can open it up a little bit. We can have like, we can have some, some competition. I don't know. I feel like I also am willing to vote for a two headed leader who just ate something super stank. Like a bunch of anchovies. God. That's good I'm sick of you, Jesse, I'm sick of you moderates. You're... I'm sick of you <laughs> fence-sitting moderates. No change is going to happen like that. This is not how we get change. This is why people don't believe in the system. We need to find middle ground. We need peace. Uh, oh, so here's this kaiju question yeah. that I, I still you, wanted to ask Charlie Jane. Okay. So, uh, I'm ready. You know, Godzilla v. Kong, it's coming out. There's, I'm getting all sorts of like kind of like when I look at my Google News, I'm getting all sorts of like clickbait about it, you know, like new trailers. Is the you know, is there a secret character that's going to be in it? Uh, all this stuff. And one posed a question that I have been thinking about since I read it, and I wanted to get your feeling on it. It was a clickbait article, and it and it just says, uh, "Godzilla versus Kong, who's the better friend?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> better friend to who? I don't friend to know. Each other? I, don't I know. have not clicked on okay. this thing because I liked it as a chunk of writing, you know. And it's one of those things that I didn't want to spoil <laughs> by like going into it because I think it's just okay. Let's hear it. What I do, do you have think? an answer, please. Clearly, Godzilla is the better friend. Okay. Clearly, because Gojira is friends with a bunch of the other, you know, monsters. Gojira is often friends with Mothra. Gojira hangs out on Monster Island and is like a community leader. <laughs> Gojira brings other kaiju together right. and like benevolently leads them into like a, a a new era of protectiveness and kindness. And you know, Gojira is a good parent. To, mm-hmm. to like baby Gojira. That's true. And I just feel like way better friend. Whereas King Kong, pretty much all King Kong ever does is find some human-sized woman or, you know, young, like teenage girl slash woman to kind of, you know, carry around and inappropriately, you know, kidnap. And, and I don't even know. I sure. don't even, I didn't want to get into it, but I feel like there's some really disturbing metaphors with King Kong. And I right. feel like for sure, Gojira is the better friend. I mean, for sure. If Gojira was going to kidnap anyone, it would be completely appropriately. It would be so appropriate. Gojira would do it for the best reasons. If Gojira wanted to borrow 50 bucks, I'd be like, here you go, man. You know, I know you're good for it. Like, <laughs> And you know, here's the thing about Gojira. He's got a truck and he'll help you move. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's there for you. Isn't Gojira the, uh, first of all, I just want to celebrate our smooth transition into using the Japanese pronunciation of Godzilla. Well, there you go. Yeah. Happy to, uh, you know. I think I think that proves that we're not filthy casuals. <laughs> Isn't I thought Godzilla was was Godzilla Jr.'s mom. I thought that's what I Elliot mean, Kalin told me. That's this is why I said parent rather than there father when yep. I was talking about Gojira because like it's very ambiguous. It really depends on which movie you look at and like Gojira kind of transcends gender just like just like Gojira transcends like so many other human categories, <laughs> like pretty much our like limited human understanding of like what it is to be alive cannot encompass Gojira. It's just it's right. not possible. Gojira you know? transcends so it, many human categories. From gender to scaliness to yeah, fire breathingness. Exactly. 
Gojira stomps on our preconceptions, just stomps Right. Yes, like they were pancakes. a tiny train model. <laughs> like they were a piece of banana bread, you know? <laughs> a squish. Anyway. Uh, Jordan, which one do you think is a better friend? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, here's the thing. When you're with Kong and you're talking to him, it's like he's just waiting for you to get done so he can tell his story. You right. know, yes. He never asks you about you. You know, he just like, how are you doing? And then like, he had a thing you know he was going to talk about, and he just kind of mm-hmm. like lays it on you. And then, you know, you go home and you had a nice time, but you're like, does that guy know? Does that guy know anything about me? You know, it's one of those. Got so, it. he's like, in, you know, he's a, he's interesting. He's a cool guy, but honestly, he's just like so in his head. Yeah, I kind of think Kong wants it more. Like, Kong, ultimately, he's like, it would be great to be a real human, you know? But my nature keeps tearing me away from it. Sure. My savage nature. Yeah, I buy that. Whereas, I think Godzilla just doesn't want to be bothered. Godzilla's like, I am doing my thing. Stop dropping nuclear weapons (laughs) on me. Right, yes. Reasonable. (laughs) A reasonable request. I am a metaphor for your hubris, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like King Kong is more like a metaphor for entertainment. He's just like always being dragged on stage and forced to entertain people. And, you know, yeah. and he's just like, he's basically like every reluctant, like superstar who's just like, man, I right. paparazzi, just leave me alone, man. Sure, and like, I just want to create. But they secretly crave, like, it's like there's, there's all those, all those stars who are like, oh no, no, don't, you know, don't take my picture. But yeah, here, this is my good side. You I know. think we're, I think we're really drawing a picture of King Kong specifically as Sean Penn. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Just inappropriate kidnapping camera shy i'm not getting that out of my head that is that is my head from from now on yeah there's that like king kong's writing novels now yeah. oh god he did that interview with el chapo where he knew he didn't know what he was doing <laughs> oh my god yeah. okay uh when something momentous happens to you give us a call 206-984-4fun or send us a voice memo at jjgo at maximumfun.org. We have a momentous occasion call right here and now. This is a this would be a momentous moment of shame. I uh, tonight my chimney caught on fire because I hadn't cleaned it enough times this year, and uh, we had to. Uh, call 911 and have the fire people come out and in the meantime I had to climb up on the roof with a garden hose and pour water into the chimney but I had had back surgery four weeks ago which was part of the reason I hadn't cleaned the chimney all winter and uh, it was just a great cock up and fortunately we still have our house but only just barely and uh, yeah momentous moment of shame this is a real cock up. Yeah, sounds like a cock up to me. Sorry. Bonus points for using cock up. I'm like, where is Dick Van Dyke when we need him? <laughs> like, he should be getting up in that chimney. Yeah. And you know, it's I think it's the situation where he's telling us the story, and he's like, it was a cock up, and he wants us to say, no, 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 it wasn't a cock up, dude. It was a cock up. Sorry. Uh, hello. Man. You cocked up. Sorry, you cocked up. Poor guy. Uh. A back surgery guy, 
quit cocking up. <laughs> you know what? You know what they should. You know what he should have done to his uh, chimney. Mm-hmm. He should have cocked it up. Yeah, he should have cal- calked it. Calked. Yeah. Calked. Oh yeah, yeah. Calked, calked. That would have been a cock up. Is this is this Quipped our fo- cream? Is this our focusiest episode ever? <laughs> we've had a, a fireplace emergency a banana pudding story and then uh 30 minutes of kaiju yeah this is basically a pie cooling on a windowsill yep i'm getting a warm feeling right now a warm warm feeling me too a chicken in every pot and a monster <laughs> at every door <laughs> right yes that's that's Gitarist. That's Gitarist campaign slogan. Right. When, the when he has to run for it's like... the platform he ran on. <laughs> yeah. A hundred days into the Gitarist presidency. <laughs> Did he keep his campaign promises? Anyway. Let's take another call. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. Uh, this is Luke from Lancaster, Ohio. And no, I'm not calling about Wario sauce. I'm calling with a momentous occasion that I was going down the bike path and... A small child of maybe five or six years of age uh, was coming the other direction. Um, She tried to get over. I don't know why, because there was plenty of room for both of us, but she did, which ultimately ended with her falling 15 feet off the side of the bike path and into a body of water. And therefore, I sprang into action and jumped off the side and got her out as she was completely underwater. So... That was pretty cool. Um, good thing I was there, I guess. Um, but I guess at the same time, it's probably my fault. I don't know. So, uh, just happened. Back on my bike ride. Talk to you later. Thanks. Well, yeah, I just want to say to our caller, you cocked up for good. Yeah. This guy cocked up for good. Oh man, that was that story was a roller coaster. <laughs> it sure that was. was a roller coaster. I was like falling off my chair. Oh, man. Yeah. This guy cocked up to begin with, and then he cocked down. Sure. Yeah. He uncocked. That's when you repair your cock up. <laughs> he decocked. He decocked. Yeah. I can only presume. I don't, Look, I don't know exactly what the opposite, the antonym of cocked up is. I'd have to ask Helen Zaltzman. <laughs> sure. It's our friend from the Word podcast. Um, but that's not, I think this is our first, is this our first rescue of all the, you know, we've been doing this for years and, uh, you know, we, we have, it's hard to find original momentous occasions that we haven't done or that aren't like variations. Yeah. I think this is our first rescue, right? Yeah. We've never had a karate one. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm throwing up, I'm just clarifying there are some still available. Right. Yeah. So we'd love to get a call if you, uh, avenge the murder of your sensei. Yeah. Oh, for that sure. Great yeah. call. Gorgeous. And you know what? It doesn't have to be karate. It could be spinjitsu from Lego Ninjago. It could <laughs> sure. be uh it, it could be Jim Kata. Right. Jordan, that's karate kills, gymnastic skills. Yes. Let's say let, listeners, let's say you're in the village of the crazies. <laughs> yeah. Hypothetically. And the crazies have you on the run. Mm-hmm. And you happen to find a pommel horse, mm-hmm. and you really kick some crazy tail. Give us a call, 206-984-4FUN. Yeah, yeah that's right. Olympic, uh, not Olympic champion, world champion, Kurt Thomas, didn't do as well in the Olympics. Uh, give us a call. Send us a voice memo, jjgo at maximumfun.org. Jim Cotta star, Kurt Thomas. 
Olympic gymnast. Unsuccessful, but did well in the world championships. So what do you, okay, I have another question that I'm thinking of now. Who's the dreamiest gymnast? Well, I got to go Kurt Thomas. <laughs> I was going to say, alien or predator? Who's the better friend? Oh, <laughs> oh wow. wow. Thank you. Predator. Jordan. Who's the For better sure, friend? Predator. I mean, you know. You had that chamber. What? What's your, what's your logic? I mean, predators are just like, I don't know. They're all about honor and courage and hunting together. Like predators actually care about each other and like, in the first Alien versus Predator, there's the main character whose name I now can't remember gets helps to defeat the alien and becomes an honorary predator. She's given like special predator scars and given like predator armor and stuff, and they're like, "You are one of us now." Yeah, like the predators actually have a really cool society where they actually, you know, they actually stick together and care about each other, whereas the aliens are just like dicks. Yeah, like sure. all they want to do is go around. You know, it's all about expansion, just expanding, you know, laying waste yeah, to and like, whatever species is they're on just the planet. Like, all alien, all the aliens want to do is just like use up all the KY jelly because, like, if you ever watch an alien movie, they're just like basically an entire factory with a KY jelly has gone into like the sure. alien drool. <laughs> they are and a, like, they are a looped up species. They're like the lube hoarders. They're like the hoarders of lube. And yeah. all they do is go around like fucking shit up and they don't care. And like, you know, I mean, they. I guess they care about their little eggs because that's the plot of Aliens. But no, definitely Predator. Way better friend. Much better friend. Okay, Charlie Jane, follow-up question here. Uh, who's a better friend? The Sand Snake from Dune or the Sand Snake from Tremors? Oh, what? Mm. Oh, my God. The mm. Graboids. The Graboids, Graboids versus Sandworms. Yes. Man, I mean... I feel like the Sand Snake from Dune, like Kyle MacLachlan rides that thing. He rides it all the way home. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like they yeah. have a special connection yeah, he and he just like has this giant worm between his legs and it doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> doesn't mean anything. Zero symbolism. This isn't an Ichiro situation. There's no symbolism. He's just riding a giant freaking worm on his way to take out like codpiece wearing Sting does not mean anything there's no this movie is not even remotely <laughs> sexual in any way nope um yeah. if you read something into it you're a sicko okay one one last question okay this one is open to uh charlie jane and jordan uh zedwin try kyle mclaughlin i think anybody would try kyle mclaughlin i mean are you real come on i yeah. met i met him once yeah. he was delightful he's a delightful guy yeah, we would not Dreamy. be disappointed. He he like hearted. meditates and he's just like he just radiates like I don't know. Did you get did you guys see that part of How To with John Wilson uh where it's just a long shot of uh Kyle McLaughlin trying to get his metro card to work? <laughs> Sounds funny. <laughs> just swiping it a bunch of times and he's just like, Oh man, it demagnetized. Oh, I hate yeah. when that happens. Dude's having a great late career. Kyle McLaughlin. Who's who's leaning in who's leaning into their deal more than him? Keanu, I guess. Keanu's doing it a little bit harder, but um, yeah. you know, there's there's room. There's room for all sorts of silver foxes out there. Nobody works it harder than Keanu. I, I think everybody probably knows this already about Keanu, but I read this book about the the nineteen ninety nine is the best movie year. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, obviously, I think 1999 is the best movie year because I was 18 and all I did was go to the movies. But it is a great movie year. And The Matrix is one of the movies that came out that year. So I read an entire, you know, chapter of a book about The Matrix. 
And uh, one of the things I learned is that, you know, all those, I mean, you guys, Jordan, you have a literature degree. I don't know if this happens in, in, in literature, but in American studies, you're constantly being told to read books based on how they informed the matrix. <laughs> um, and I don't want to read, you know, Walter Benjamin or whatever. Uh, this is, this is, these are things my mom did so that I wouldn't have to. My mom is a college professor. And so, uh, I, I resent the, I resent the, all of these books, but Keanu read all these books for fun. There's all these parts about how Keanu would show up at this bookstore on his motorcycle and just buy like five Foucault books and then take them home and read them all. I bet. I bet that I can see that about Keanu. He's not like, you know, how somebody's like telling you about a book or something and you're like, eh, you read a summary or you read a couple of pages. You clearly. That's me, buddy. Sure. That's not Keanu. <laughs> Keanu's done the reading. He's done the analysis. Oh, my God. Yeah. The real deal. I can absolutely believe it. He's a really smart guy. I mean, I would love to, I've never met him, but I'd love to meet him. He's just he's so he seems like he's just so kind of chill. Yeah. I mean, don't. Don't fuck with his dog, <laughs> but don't fuck with his dog don't for sure. But dog. you know, he did that movie "Always Be My Maybe," where he just was like making fun of himself, and it was just you know anybody who can do that, I'm, I have mad respect for. Yeah, for sure. I I feel like I would not want to meet him because it would ruin my sort of perfect image of him from the movie Parenthood. Oh, yeah. Just keep that. Just keep that encased in amber in your mind. <laughs> He's like a dumb boyfriend in that, right? Isn't that what he is in that? I have one memory from that movie, and it is, and I think that's one I like went to see with my like, you know, mom, and it's like, and I think I, it was one of those that you like when you're a kid because you're like, I'm watching a grown up movie for grown ups, and the guy from The Jerk is in it, and I know him from The Jerk, um, and I really I remember uh, the only like part of that movie I remember is them digging through the garbage for one of their kids' retainer. And it like caused a parent fight. Like they're fighting, they're like looking for the kid's retainer. And I, it made me so paranoid to lose my retainer when I got one because I'm like, <laughs> this will rip my family apart. <laughs> Other sources were at work, Jordan. That, non- no, it was me. I didn't take good enough care of my retainer. That's why my parents' marriage related. split up. That's why. Non- no, it was me. dark. I'm bad. So you're saying that there was a retainer cock up, and like, there was a retainer cock up, retainer cock up, <laughs> and also I'm I've never seen this movie, so I'm gathering that it's about Keanu Reeves and Steve Martin like co-parenting. Yeah, like, they're, <laughs> they're think, a married yeah. couple. It was that, way I would ahead watch of that its movie, time. Actually, that sounds yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah, a lot of credit should go to Ron Howard for being really thoughtful about how he he portrayed right. that uh, same sex. <laughs> uh, 19 year old 34 year old 39 year old relationship um i here's what my one memory about parenthood right it's from the television show i watched like four of them oh the whole time all i could think was come on that's not berkeley that's south pasadena <laughs> just the yeah. whole time that's all i could think that's not fucking berkeley that's south Pasadena. it's obviously south pasadena man i hope somebody got fired for that one God, that's that the wrong blunder. kind of craftsman, I said to myself. Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, 206-984-4FUN, all you karate practitioners. JJ Go at MaximumFun.org for your voice memos. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, Go. La, 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 la,
Hey, it's John Moe. And look, these are challenging times for our mental and emotional health. I get it. That's why I'm so excited for my new podcast, Depression Mode. We're tackling depression, anxiety, trauma, stress, the kinds of things that are just super common but don't get talked about nearly enough. Conversations that are illuminating, honest, and sometimes pretty funny with folks like Patton Oswalt, Kelsey Dara, and Open Mike Eagle. I have this public facing self, and then I have my emotional self that tends to stay hidden. It was about finding a way to communicate to somebody that like, there's terrible sh going on back here. Plus psychiatrists, psychologists, and all kinds of folks. On Depression Mode, we're working together, learning, helping each other out. We're a team. Join our team. Depression Mode for Maximum Fun, wherever you get your podcasts. La, 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 la. Hey, you like movies? What about coming up with movie ideas over the course of an hour? Because that's what we do every week on Story Break, a writer's room podcast where three Hollywood professionals have an hour to come up with a pitch for a movie or TV show based off of totally zany prompts. Like that time we reimagined Star Wars based on our phone's autocomplete. Luke Skywalker is a family man and it's Star Wars, but it's a good idea. <laughs> How about that time we broke the story of a bunch of Disney Channel original movies based solely on the title and the poster? Okay, Sarah Hyland is a 50-foot woman. Let's just go with it, guys. <laughs> or the time we finally cracked the Adobe Photoshop feature film. Stamp tool is your Woody, and then the autofill oh, is the new Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> Join us as we have a good time imagining all the movies Hollywood is too cowardly to make. Story Break comes out every Thursday on Maximum Fun. I don't know why I'm using this voice now. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Charlie Jane Anders, winner of everything. Yeah, you haven't ruined anything, Charlie Jane. Don't worry. Sorry, gotta get it. Gotta get a new nickname. Just wait. Give me like five more minutes. <laughs> Charlie Jane, you have a brand new book called "Victories Greater Than Death." Is this the is this the first is this the first uh, book for younger readers that you have that you have written? I should mention, by the way, my wife saw on uh, on my calendar as we were recording this uh, that you were the guest on this week's show. Uh, and she literally texted me to ask me to compliment you on your book, uh, The City in the Middle of the Night, which she read and loved. Aww. Yes, it's true. It's real. I, I'll also, I also have a family member compliment for Charlie Jane while we're complimenting her. Yes. Um, so I loved your book, All the Birds of the Sky. Oh, thank you. And so I was, I was visiting, um, we've, we've mentioned Gail on this episode, my mom. Sure. And she's like, um, oh, I um I bought that I bought that book you put uh you put on Facebook, All the Birds of the Sky, and I loved it. Aww. My that is so that book is terrific. Everyone should read it. It is so much fucking weirder than anything my mom ingests. I <laughs> I was so my the my mom's number one cultural product is Downton Abbey. Like that yeah. is all mom wants. She wants Downton Abbey and Downton Abbey toned things. Do you and think it's possible that she thought when they made the novelization of the most exotic Marigold Hotel, they changed the title? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and the fact that she loved this very beautiful but profoundly weird book about uh, robots uh, fighting magic people. I'm like... You know, way to go, way to go, Gail, for branching out. Way to go, Charlie Jane, for writing a great book. 
Um, I, I, I really, Aww. I truly felt like my mother's son in that moment. Well, that's, that's so wonderful to hear. And I really appreciate it. Um, that's just, I, you know, I'm, I'm always happy when moms love me when, you know, every, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, you put a book out there and you're just like, is anybody, is, am I just going to get hate mail for the rest of my life? Which, you know, I do, but not for the books, not for the <laughs> books. It's more for the, the other stuff, the trail of bodies and the, just, yeah. you know. The, the the fact that I like rip the middle out of Oreos and just leave the chocolate parts like lying on the sidewalk everywhere I go. <laughs> um, but yeah, you have a new one and it's so it's it's a YA. It's your, this is your first YA book? Yes, it's my first book for young adults and you know I'm I'm actually really nervous about it because it feels like a huge responsibility, you know, you want to like provide a, a not terrible example. I don't think good example is ever going to be on the table, but you want to like provide something wholesome or help you know, good yeah. for the, the youth. Like that short story, The Lottery, that they have to read. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wholesome. Wholesome yeah. stuff, like Catcher in the Rye, you yes. know? Like, that's a wholesome book about, like, defrauding sex workers. <laughs> <laughs> when you're writing one of these books, you have to teach them to sniff out phonies. Ultimately, that's what YA literature is about. It's about those fucking phonies. <laughs> There's goddamn phonies. Yeah, no, there's like a long section in the middle of my book where it's just like lists of people who are phony in real life. I just like, I just go to town. Like it's just, it's just names with phony next to them. And then occasionally there'd be a name with like not phony. You got to call him out. John Kim, my fucking optometrist. (laughs) That guy's a fucking phony. (laughs) Got to go on the record about that stuff. So kids know, so kids know who's a phony. Teach them, teach the kids. But it's exciting. I'm super excited to be doing this. And it's just a chance to like kind of cut loose and have fun and do like a, action adventure book that just like doesn't the pace never slows down it's just like you know you don't have to kind of stop and and smell the breeze when it's when it's a young adult book you can just kind of keep going it's about a child who grows up as a disguised alien right like adopted by a human family but Mm -hmm. pretending to be and pretending to be human but actually being let's be frank an an alien from mm-hmm. space, yeah, yeah, yeah. from space, yep. Charlie Jane. <laughs> from space. Yeah, no, it's about a girl named Tina who, you know, she's the clone of an alien hero who died before she was born. And they were like, we need this hero back. So they cloned her. And but you, when you clone someone, they're a baby. And so they hid the baby on Earth disguised as a human. And they're like, when you're old enough, when you're when you've reached maturity or whatever, which relative terms, some people never reach maturity, but when you reach maturity, we will come back and get this baby and it'll then she'll be ready to kind of resume her life as an alien, as a hero, saving the galaxy. And so this girl is just waiting for this to happen, you know, and honestly, this was, this was the story of my life minus the aliens actually showing up to take me away. Like, like I was, when I was a teenager, I was convinced that I was a secret alien and that they were going to come and get me and they never did. And I'm really mad at them. I'm like, where the, where the frick are those dang aliens coming to get me and take me away from this stupid planet? So this is what I wish had happened basically. Yeah. Uh, that actually is funny because the whole same thing is actually the story of uh, our producer, Brian. Uh-huh. Um, uh, was a secret alien? He yeah, and and he had a beacon embedded in him. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, Jordan and I set it off, and the rest is history. Sure, <laughs> let that beacon. We said so. He's now on the mothership, basically. Yeah, I was tired of running the board myself, so I flipped that beacon, called and Brian he, in. Here he is. 
Nice, yeah. nice. Intergalactic hero. Uh, I cannot wait to read this thing. I, 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 I pre-ordered it as soon as I saw that it existed. Um, yeah, can't wait. Uh, it, it looks amazing. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You know, and uh, I think if people liked All the Birds of the Sky, they'll probably like this book because it has kind of the same sense of humor. It's, it's you know, maybe a, it's weird in a different way. I would say it's weird in a different way. Like there's a whole chapter with like, a hair-eating monster, like a monster that only eats human hair and it's chasing people around a space station. And it's just like, the characters are like, your hair is better than mine. You you should save yourself. And it's like, no, no, your hair is better. And it's just like... Jordan's hair is the best of us. Yeah, no, Oof. I think we would save Jordan from the hair-eating monster well, for sure. Well, thank you. Nice like, of you to say, uh, cannot, <laughs> cannot wait to get my post-vaccination haircut. Jordan, I think at this point, and you know, we've talked about this on the show right. that because of your swimming, your hair has gone blonde. Yeah, uh, I mean, you had you had sandy brown hair before, but sure. uh, you know, not dark hair, but uh, but not blonde hair. And now it is uh, it is blonde, and it is it has grown long, yep. and it has always been curly. I think now is the time for you to get a a can of. Uh, a can of pomade and just go full Jerry Lee Lewis. Just <laughs> slick it back yeah. and start lighting pianos on fire or whatever. Yeah, I think that's a good that's, that's a, a good direction for me. Great idea. By it's the way, that's what totally everyone thinks it. of when you say go full Jerry Lee Lewis. Yes. I thought of I was a couple like other things. Your 13-year-old cousin? I don't know. I mean <laughs> The killer they called him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I look like an anime character powering up. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's really great. I really think it's awesome. Well, thank you. Nice of you to say. <laughs> okay. Well, Charlie Jane, uh, your new novel, Victories Greater Than Death. We hope that people will uh, go out and get that. And you know what? Let's get Charlie Jane some more interesting awards. Sure. Charlie Jane's won all the big speculative fiction awards. I've never won a beauty contest. I don't know what the heck. Like, <laughs> let's get let's get Charlie Jane a, a victory in a beauty contest. Let's get Aww. Charlie Jane some dough out of the community chest. Yes. Oh my god. Let's get Charlie Jane a, a an iHeart Media podcasting award. <laughs> you know what, Charlie Jane? Now is the time. If our listeners band together, I think by the end of the year you can have a cable ace. <laughs> Wow. So yeah. one time, actually, I've I came second in the Miss High Femme Boston contest. That's pretty good. That was like the proudest achievement of my life, like the Miss High Femme Boston, like for all of Boston, Massachusetts, and like, you know, it was one of those things where like this group of like queer this group of queer performers called uh, the Dukes of Dykedom and the Princes of Pornography had like organized a high femme pageant, right? And so I entered, some other people entered. Spoiler alert, none of us was high femme. There were no high femmes in the high femme contest. And after we had all gotten on stage and done our thing, which for me was, I think, lip syncing Strut by Sheena Easton, always a solid choice, with Mm -hmm. like a weird teddy bear that I got from Walgreens as my like partner. (laughs) Um, After I did this on stage, and everybody else did their kind of like high femme performance. I heard the people working the event who all of whom were high femmes and were like super, like just done up being like, 
if I'd known this was going to be the competition, I would have entered. They were all scared to enter because they were all just like, none of them wanted to enter unless they knew that they were going to win, I guess. Or they were just like, they wanted to like protect, you know, their high femme awesomeness by like not risking it or whatever. And so, and then they saw all of us who were all just kind of low femme at best. And there was just like great consternation. The the gender category uh, memory that I treasure more than any others. Our, our former Max Fund colleague, Jonathan Van Ness, once said I was Mask Musk. And uh, I might with, I, I just, I just think anytime, anytime I'm worried, think I can't do something. I just think, well, Jonathan said you were Mask Musk. Does that mean that you <laughs> launch those rockets musks. and they don't blow up or? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you 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 invented those flamethrowers. <laughs> <laughs> well, Charlie Jane, it's it's been a joy to have you on the program. Again, the book is Victory is Greater Than Death. Everybody should go buy it. Uh this has been Jordan Jesse Go. You can find us on social media at uh Jordan underscore Morris and at Jesse Thorne on Twitter with the hashtag JJGo on Twitter at Facebook.com slash bullseye with Jesse Thorne. And MaximumFun.Reddit.com, our ever-capable producer, is the great Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. Thank, thank goodness we set off that beacon, or we'd we'd never have met the man. <laughs> oh no, uh, General Zod's here to reclaim Brian. <laughs> <laughs> our theme music is Neil before Zod. Neil before Zod does what? Huh? Neil before Zod does what? I'm always wondering. Like Neil before Zod. Has to go oh, take a right. dump. Like, <laughs> yeah, before yeah. Zod has a has a conniption fit. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody's kneeling. Uh, Neil before it. Zod eats any more of those stanky anchovies. <laughs> um, I watched the entire movie Supergirl. I haven't brought it up on this show. Oh my god, uh, that our, movie! Ah, uh, Faye Dunaway music is "Love You." Is "Love You" by the Free Design, courtesy of the Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Our thanks to them. Uh, wonderful music. I just heard about a new, another new movie that has a big love you s- scene in it, Jordan. Oh, uh, it's one? apparently quite Go- distressing. Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> I, the movie is not out yet, but uh, as we record this, but I did buy the soundtrack CD. And uh, Love You is right there before Love Theme from Godzilla vs. Kong. Right. By Luther Ingram. (laughs) Everything he does. Always great. Yeah. James Ingram. God damn it. Luther Vandross, James Ingram. There there actually is a Luther Ingram as well. (laughs) It's a duet between the two of them. They recorded it before Luther died. I think James Ingram died recently too. May they rest in peace. Uh, Sheena Easton, please live forever. Uh, Sheila E, you too. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jessica. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.